Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, which is brought to you by Sibling Revelry Brewing, a family of award-winning beers made right here in Ohio. Now, Mary Kay, we are in Berea. It is Monday, and Baker Mayfield, as expected, officially named the starting quarterback today. We all, you know, this was coming all weekend. It didn't happen for various reasons. You know, real quickly, I want to just touch on that because a lot of people were critical of Hugh Jackson and his approach to naming the quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, listen, Hugh Jackson has not earned the benefit of the doubt. He's won two games now. So I understand that. I understand people want to be critical of him. But I, I got to say, the fact that he waited to talk to the players, had to meet with the – I mean, this wasn't just a Hugh Jackson decision. It was an organizational decision. I didn't have a problem with the way this whole thing was handled, especially because – Let's be honest, we all kind of knew what was going to happen. Well, we can break down a few of uh, the ways that this went, starting from the fact that uh, that they made him wait. And again, you said this was an organizational decision, and that's exactly right. This was not Hugh Jackson deciding uh, that he didn't want to start a rookie like Deshaun Kaiser or Cody Kessler. This was John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson putting their heads together and deciding that they had their quarterback of the future on their hands, their big investment. They also knew that they did not have a left tackle that was experienced. Now, if they, I wrote this over the weekend. If they had Joe Thomas right from the start, I really think that they would have started Baker Mayfield right away or at least seriously considered it. But I think they were nervous about that. They were a little bit gun-shy about throwing him out there with an unproven and raw, undrafted rookie left tackle. So I think that was a big thing. Then also, I think that they just weren't sure about their receiving core. They didn't have necessarily uh, a very solid supporting cast there. They had Josh Gordon was on his way out the door. Corey Coleman had been traded. Antonio Callaway was still learning. So I think they just wanted to see how it was all going to function together, including Todd Haley calling a new offense for the first time. Yeah, I mean, there were so many outside factors in the overall plan. Um, And, you know, the other thing, too, that I think matters uh, when we want to talk about how they they traded for Terod Taylor before they they drafted Baker Mayfield, um, and then, of course, they made Mayfield a pick. Just in talking to guys in the spring, and, you know, whenever I'd have a guy, you know, one-on-one or even in group settings, you'd ask them, like, "What, what is it like to have a veteran quarterback? And everyone said the same thing that it mattered it mattered to have a guy that had been in that had been in an offense been in a huddle run an offense I think it mattered to a lot of veterans in that room and and there aren't very many of them but I do think it mattered to them that they had a guy that had been there before that they could lean on and count on now obviously that was going to change they all knew it was going to change whether it was going to happen this quickly or not I don't know if any of them knew that 
And when a guy plays well, they're going to get on board with that guy. But I do think initially in the spring and in camp, it, it was a big deal to a lot of these players to have a veteran quarterback. Yeah, and you know what? The only thing that, that, that I would say about this, and you know that I had planned on writing a column about this for a few weeks and I never got around to writing it, I kept thinking that, uh, that they needed to throw, that the Browns needed to throw everything else out the window, anything that had happened last year, anything that had gone on in their careers previously, and just evaluate Baker Mayfield at face value for what they were seeing in front of them. And if they really determined that he was the better quarterback, better than Tyrod Taylor, that they should go ahead and start him and forget everything else. Forget Pat Mahomes, forget Aaron Rodgers, forget Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler, and just look out there and see what they were seeing. And what we were all seeing and what they were seeing too uh, was a very good quarterback who was very accurate, putting the ball on the money, and who looked like he was ready to function. I think you also needed to factor in uh, the fact that he had started 48 college games. This wasn't Mitch Trubisky coming yeah. in here, having started 12 games, or you know Deshaun Kaiser having started. I can't even remember now, but it was very few college games as well. Uh, he was a two-year starter. So this was a four-year starting college quarterback, and I just think he was different. However, when you do factor in that you had Desmond Harrison starting against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had Cam Hayward coming in. You had Bud Dupree coming in. You had no idea if he, they, if he was going to be able to protect Baker, if Baker was going to be able to scramble away from trouble because he doesn't have the same speed that a Tyrod Taylor has. And, uh, you know, and if he was going to be able to absorb a blow and a hit because he's never really got hit that much at Oklahoma. So there were a lot of things that you needed to figure out before you threw him out there. And, Dan, what would we be saying right now if <laughs> Baker Mayfield had started the first game and blew out his ACL because he got sacked? Yeah, or suffered a concussion in that first game or something like that. Now, as it is, he ends up getting thrown out there, you know, the week they trade Josh Gordon. But right. you feel at least a little better about your left tackle. Um, and, and I guess the thing is, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any harm done in this. No. You know, the, a lot of it is filler. A lot of it is, you know, people are tweeting all day. They have uh, inventory to fill online and in newspapers and on talk radio. We all have things we need to talk about. And so the quarterbacks come up. But the reality is it took two and a half games. Baker Mayfield came in. He showed what he can do, and now he's the starter. And, and you know, I think it might be easy to look back and say, well, the Browns would be 3-0 and if they had started him from week one. One, I don't know if that's true. And two, they could be 3-0 and had they made a couple of kicks. Mm-hmm. So yes. there's a lot of ways to look at it. And I just think with the way they kind of landed on this, and this is not the first time that a coach has been forced into a, decision, a quarterback decision by injury. There's been a lot of instances where that's happened in this league. You know, however they got to it, here we are. And I don't think there's any harm done in the approach to this process. And the other thing I think to note is that to put this all on Hugh Jackson, because there are so many Hugh, Hugh Jackson haters out there, um, but to put this all on him and to blame him for not starting Baker sooner, I just don't think that that's fair because this was an organizational decision and uh, they did really collaborate on this because you want to protect your investment. This is the guy that they want to have starting for the next decade or so, hopefully more. And, uh, and they, you know, they just didn't want to risk it. They did not. They wanted to protect their investment. And I think there was some wisdom in that so however it went down over the first few weeks the uh the responsibility for that is shared yeah and and every move they made and and again you know look there's plenty of reasons to be critical of Hugh Jackson but I, I just I find it hard to get real worked up over this one and every move this organization made pointed to building this quarterback up 
And again, you can go back to the start of the league year, and who knows if they knew they were going to draft Baker back then. Um, but it, it all pointed toward whichever quarterback they were going to draft, building him up to be successful. And it starts with trading a third-round pick for Tyrod Taylor, bringing in Drew Stanton on a two-year deal so he can essentially be a coach in a uniform, uh, not in uniform on game days yet. Uh, you know, everything is built towards preparing him to be successful, not Sunday, but Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for 10 years. Yeah, and now having said all that, I think I was I was kind of ready after the first game. After I saw that, okay, Desmond Harrison got better as the game went along, and it looked like he could actually function out there, and I figured that he would make a big leap even just from week one to week two. Um, seeing how much Tyrod really underthrew the ball and struggled. Now, you had to take some of it into account yeah. the fact that it was a weather game. It was a it was pouring, pouring rain, which is another thing. Who knows how Baker would have functioned in the pouring rain. Um, but after that first game, I think my feeling on it was I would have had no problem whatsoever if they would have just said, you know what, let's go to Baker Mayfield. I, I used a John Dorsey there. You I did. Think. You know, buddy <laughs> you know boy. what? You know what, Kimasabi? <laughs> Um, I would not have had any problem with them going to Baker Mayfield, but I also saw the wisdom in what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to take this season almost in in quarters, and I, I figured as, as long as they were going to wait a few games that they might reevaluate evaluate it after four games. But I really believe that they would have taken this 10-day break and started Baker in Oakland had Tyrod Taylor not gotten hurt against the Jets well and, and I'll say this too and, and you said this after the game on Thursday in our post-game podcast Baker was probably coming into that game yes concussion or not with Toronto Baker Mayfield was probably coming into that game I think yep. it had become if, if it wasn't clear from the first two games right it became completely evident in game three and those first two games I think accelerated the timetable anyway right. I think you watched those first two games and thought whoa th- right. this offense needs to have a spark and then they come out in the first half, and it's just miserable. Yeah, I, I think Baker would have would have gone in anyway in that situation, like you said last Thursday. Yeah, and I think I, I may have turned to I don't know if you heard me or not, but in the first quarter, I turned to the two people next to me, uh, Dave Campbell, our sports editor, and Doug Lamarice over on the other side of me, and I said Baker Mayfield is coming into this game by hook or by crook. He's coming in to this game. I said it in the first quarter. Very obvious that Tyrod Taylor was not getting the job done. Not only was he not getting the job done, he just wasn't functioning well in terms of it just was obvious he was going to get killed. I mean, they they were not picking up the blitz. They were not able to protect him. He was not getting the ball out fast enough. And I will say this, I'm not entirely certain that they devised a game plan that was that really played to Tyrod Taylor's strengths. And having said that, I still think that he can win football games for someone. And if it were me, I would be on the phone with San Francisco right now. Now, I I saw that uh, some people, including Kevin Jones, who used to work here, tweeted that that the 49ers have said they are not going to trade for anyone. They're just going to stick with C.J. Beathard now that Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season with a torn ACL. They're they're not looking around. They're not going to trade for a quarterback. I, however, think that Tyrod can go win for someone. I do. If you put him in the right situation and give him the right dual threat kind of scheme and really showcase his running ability and design things specifically for him, I think he can be successful. He took the Bills to the playoffs last year. And if he's got a good supporting cast, good and good protection, I, you know, I think the San Francisco 49ers actually should think about it. And if I were the Browns, 
I would try to trade him there. Yeah, I mean, he needs a lot around him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw that. The Browns, I think, felt like they put a lot around him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a guy that's going to come in and just carry your team. Uh, but he is a guy that, again, can start, that veterans in that locker room can feel comfortable with. Um, that You know, I, I would explore making a trade. Hugh Jackson seemed to rule it out today. But I, I think... Look, everyone can be had for a price. Um, so if somebody comes along and they want Tyrod Taylor for that third-round pickback or a fourth or a fifth, which would probably be more realistic, you got to think about it. And, but you know what, Dan? I think the, the holdup there, uh, and I think the reason why most people wouldn't do it, I mean, they'd really have to be sure that they were going to be, be renting him as their starting quarterback for the year. Uh, because of the, he's got a $16 million yeah. contract this year. That is very difficult to unload. But if they could do it, uh, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because really, Baker Mayfield is either going to start the rest of the season, or if not, they've got Drew Stanton that can come in, and he's proven that he can come in off the bench and win games for a team. So if you can get something for Tyrod, who's gone after this season anyways, why not do it? Okay, uh, before we move on, let me tell you a little more about Sibling Revelry Brewery. Uh, Browns fans, if you're still celebrating that victory from uh, last Thursday, and you should be because it was the first one in a long time, or if you want to celebrate a potential victory uh, on Sunday after the Browns take on the Raiders, head over to 29305 Clemens Road. It's just north of I-90 at the Crocker Road exit and visit Sibling Revelry's Tap Room. There are 16 beers always on draft. They've got games, so you can go early afternoon, catch some of the 1 o'clock games, and then watch the Browns game at 4. They have a patio while the weather is still nice, and they have a new release. It's called Quiet Hero, so you can check that out. Um, All sorts of different types of beers, basically whatever you're looking for, uh, they've got it. That's Sibling Revelry Brewing, a family of award-winning beers made right here in Ohio, and at least one Kent State alum in that family uh, who... Is, is running things over there. So certainly a shout-out to, to him. The other one went to Bowling Green, but, you know, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get back to, uh, to Baker Mayfield because now, you know, we're on to Sunday and expectations. He's going to go to Oakland. Um, you hope this is kind of the end of that quarterback jersey, that, that long, long quarterback jersey that it ends at number 30. But let's just talk about Sunday first, and then we'll go bigger picture. What are the expectations for Baker Mayfield on Sunday after that electric second half against the Jets? Well, you know what? I think the expectations are that he's going to go out there and win the football game right now. And I think part of the reason why that is the expectation is because you have a very opportunistic defense. Baker Mayfield is supported by a quarterback's best friend, and that is a good defense. Not only a good defense, but a defense that takes the ball away. Well, this defense just so happens to be taking it away at a faster rate than anyone else in the NFL. They show no signs of slowing down in that. on that. We saw it happening every day in training camp. They've kept it up. They're doing it. And again, they lead the NFL with 11 takeaways. The problem is that they've only scored 13 points off those 11 takeaways. And if that total was just doubled, I think they would be 3-0 and right now. Uh, so it's incumbent upon Baker Mayfield to convert those takeaways. And I think now with a week in the offense, he's going to have an opportunity to finally take first-team reps. They will be devising a game plan around him. And I've been kind of harping on this a little bit. I I think they will and should borrow from some of the things that he did well at Oklahoma. You've got to go back, and you have to look at every single thing that he did at Oklahoma. That's the reason why the Deshaun Watsons and some of those rookies have been able to come up 
into the NFL and have success right away because the pro coaches have borrowed some pages out of the play, playbook of the college game. And I think that they need to do some of that with Baker Mayfield. Let him feel comfortable. Let him do what made him the Heisman Trophy winner, the number one overall pick. Don't try to make him just be what you think a pro quarterback should look like. Let him go grab five, ten plays out of the Oklahoma playbook and let him look great. Yeah, and, and the, the good thing about this is what, what we're going to see, and, and I noticed it against the Jets when, when Taylor was out there. You know, they there were times when it looked like they didn't even have safety on the field, and somebody would run back late. You know, but at at the snap, they had eleven guys all within about ten yards of the line of scrimmage, sometimes even closer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be able to do that with Baker Mayfield, no. especially if the Browns take some opportunities. And I know they're a little thin at receiver uh, right now, but if they take some opportunities to maybe spread things out, mm-hmm. you know, use Duke, use David Njoku, uh, get four or five guys out wide create one-on-one matchups and, and let Baker just use that accuracy and that quick release to just cause problems in that Raiders secondary. That's something they weren't able to do with, with Taylor. So it's not going to be this traditional lineup with a fullback and a, and a running back and two tight ends. They, they're going to be able to get away from that a little bit and open up the playbook and, and do some of those things that maybe he did at Oklahoma. Yeah, and one of the things that I that I think is going to have to happen is Antonio, Antonio Callaway is really, really going to have to grow up very fast because in order to take full advantage, to stretch that defense and take full advantage of Baker Mayfield's really good and strong arm and his downfield accuracy – you're going to need those deep threats to be able to go down there and, and catch the ball for you. And they don't have a lot of deep threats on this team. Obviously, Josh Gordon is gone. I was a little surprised by the way that he was completely <laughs> inactive uh, for the Patriots. Not really surprised, but mildly surprised he was inactive for the Patriots. But, you know, they, they don't have a lot of, of real big speed guys that can go down and fully, fully stretch the defense and take advantage. The guy that they have that can do that the best on this team is Antonio Callaway. They need him to be on point. They really need him to be in his playbook right now, studying his routes, learning how to get leverage on cornerbacks, knowing where to be to get that ball. Because I'll tell you, as you guys have seen by now, and we've been talking about this since training camp, Baker, if he's asked to put it on the back shoulder, he's going to put it on the back shoulder. If he's supposed to be putting it on the money, on the numbers, he'll put it right on the numbers. If he wants it on your, you know, left side of your chin, he's going to put it on the left side of your chin. (laughs) He can place the ball where you need him to place it, but the receiver has to be where he needs to be at any given time. And, and, Antonio Callaway has to come up the learning curve a little bit. He's got to come up very fast. And he's got to catch the football. Yes. You know, Baker hit him with a perfect throw uh, on the sideline on Thursday, and he's got a little bit of a history with drops. So he's got to be able to catch the football. That's a big one. The plus side is that ball that Taylor underthrew on that deep pass to Callaway. Yeah. I think it's hard to outrun Baker's arm. I, I think we've seen that. I think it's pretty hard to outrun Baker's arm. So so that's a big plaza- positive. And I think it'll open up things in the run game. I, I think just a defense having to respect that passing game and that downfield passing game. And the idea that Baker Mayfield, if you're on the field, you're a target. Yeah. You know, he's oh, not yeah. going to look to one or two guys. If you're on the field, you are a target, so you better be ready. And that, that's going to open up a lot of things. Yeah, and I think it's going to make uh, be great for Jarvis Landry. I mean, he can make throws. And you saw some throws in that past game where Jarvis Landry is covered, blanketed by a defensive back. And because of Baker Mayfield's pinpoint accuracy, he can 
thread the ball in there and get it to Jarvis, and Jarvis can make the tough catch most of the time. He only, now, he had a drop in this game, too. There were three drops, and therefore, uh, Baker Mayfield's adjusted completion percentage would have been over 90% in his first game uh, because of the drops. But... Um, but Jarvis Landry, this is going to be those two together. I think they can be dynamite because Baker can get him the ball in the in a way that few quarterbacks can't. So if he's covered, you know he doesn't necessarily have to be beautifully open for Baker to get him the ball. As we have seen, Rashard Higgins. We already know that Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield have great chemistry together because they did so every day. I talked to Rashard Higgins today. He said he's basically uh, hanging out over at uh, Emily Wilkinson and Baker <laughs> Mayfield's uh, apartment or condo or whatever it is in Crocker Park all the time. He said he's like their son, uh, always asking Baker, can I get you something to eat? And <laughs> so those two guys have a great relationship, great chemistry, and I think you'll see more of Rashard. Okay, and lastly, um, just overall, like, how does this change the expectations for this season for the Browns? They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They've got Oakland this week. They've got Baltimore coming to Cleveland the week after that. Uh, then the schedule toughens up a little bit. Not, not that Baltimore is not a tough game, but you know they, they can be very, they can be a little bit up and down. Um, schedule toughens up after that. But you mentioned it. The defense has been playing really well. They're forced. They forced eleven turnovers. Tops in the league. They're almost up to their total from last year already. Uh, if they can convert some of those turnovers into points, that can change a game very quickly. How how many wins, I guess, is Baker Mayfield worth? Well, you know what? I'm feeling better about my pick of seven victories <laughs> this season after I saw uh, Baker Mayfield come in and pull out that victory. The thing that I'm not sure of, Dan, is what are these genius, brilliant NFL defensive coordinators going to look at yeah. on film and find out about Baker Mayfield? What are they going to see there that makes them say, here's what we have to do uh, to minimize the damage that he can do? And we don't really know that yet. Uh, part of me wonders, are they going to really try hard to keep him in the pocket and not let him extend plays? Because, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's very agile and he's athletic, but he's not super, super fast. Um, so we have to see what defensive coordinators are going to do to him, how they're going to try to defend him. Uh, but if he can beat it with a quick release and with that pinpoint accuracy, I, I think he, I think he's got at least five more victories in him this season. Yeah. So I had him at six um, coming into the year, six and ten, and that felt really optimistic. I, I feel better about that now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with where they are now, obviously they can't go six and ten. So I guess I've, I guess I've got him at six, nine, and one. Um, you know. Is Baker worth another win on that total? Could be. Uh, is he worth two more wins? You know, then you start to look. John Dorsey has never been the GM of a team below 500. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure he'd love to see this team win. Nine. I don't know that that's going to happen. Go 8-7-1. Uh, Paul Gunther is the defensive coordinator uh, over in, in Oakland. So he obviously did such a great job in Cincinnati for a while. So he's going to dial some things up for, uh, for Baker this week. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing to watch. How does... How do teams adjust to Baker, and then how does he adjust back? Yeah, and that's what we don't really we don't really know yet. I think you have to see him play a couple of, of games. I keep waiting for defensive coordinators to adjust to Patrick Mahomes, and that's not yeah, happening right? yet. So, uh, well, we get to see the Mayfield versus Mahomes rematch in yes. a few weeks in, at uh, at First Energy Stadium, so that should be fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but so far, defenses haven't caught up with him yet. Uh, so who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe good is good and, and it will just be that way. 
Um, but who knows? Even even Hugh Jackson cautioned today that he still has a long way to go. He's not great yet. He's got a lot to learn. Uh, but he does have plenty of things that make you think that he can win. I, I think he can win five or six more games this season. And when you have a defense like that that is taking the ball away at that rate, you're going to be in every game with a chance to win a lot of them. All right. The Baker Mayfield era is upon us, Mary Kay. It is uh, Monday when we're recording this. So, uh, again, sibling revelry brewing. Uh, Make sure you check them out. Head out to their brewery. Uh, I believe you can find them in grocery stores, Heinen's, uh, all sorts of any grocery stores in, in the in the area. You should be able to find some sibling revelry brewery. You can head out to Westlake uh, and check out uh, their spot there. And we'll be out there at some point yep. to do a, a live edition of the podcast. So mm-hmm. we're, we're certainly looking forward to that. I know you've seen that space. You have just raved about it. Yes. Um, it's so. very fun. Absolutely. Get on out there and hopefully you'll be able to join us soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.